0: Back in 2002, for more than 12 months, missionaries Martin and Gracia Burnham were held hostage, having been kidnapped by an Islamic terrorist group.
1: For the first few weeks, we were both chained together to a tree. And then they saw that I wasn't going to go anywhere without Martin. And they quit chaining me.
0: The Burnhams lived for months in the remote jungles of the Philippines always under the watchful eye of their captors, and always on the run.
1: We never knew when the guns were gonna start blaring. You know, they'd found us again and we would start running. And many times, we would lose everything in one of those gun battles because we weren't prepared every moment. And when there are bullets whizzing over your heads, you don't think, oh, I have to get my brush and I need to get my clothes that are drying on the bushes.
0: This is Family Life Today. Our host is the president of Family Life, Dennis Rainey, and I'm Bob Lapine. We'll talk today with Gracia Burnham and hear a dramatic, compelling story of her life in captivity. Stay with us. And welcome to Family Life Today. Thanks for joining us on the Thursday edition We're spending some time this week revisiting uh, a program that was originally recorded and first aired back in 2003 as we had the opportunity to sit down with Gracia Burnham. She and her husband Martin had been in the news that year because they had both been kidnapped and held by Islamic terrorists in the Philippines for more than a year, and um, that capture had ended with a, uh, a rescue attempt. And Gracia's husband Martin was actually killed in that rescue attempt. Gracia shared her story in a book she had written called "In the Presence of My Enemies." And honestly, the the story she shared was so powerful. It's one of those programs that listeners have talked about for years since it was aired. And we wanted you to uh, to hear the story again. So here is part two of our conversation from 2003 with Gracia Burnham.
2: Uh, Gracia Burnham has uh, joined us here for a second day. She is the author of In the Presence of My Enemies, and uh, she and Martin uh, served uh, in the New Tribes Mission Ministry in the Philippines for more than 17 years.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, Gracia, welcome back to Family Life Today. Thank
1: you very much.
2: Um, when we left off on the story yesterday, uh, you had uh, decided to greet Martin to help him get over his jet lag at a nice romantic. Uh, island, mm-hmm. uh, but in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. you were awakened by a uh, a terrorist group who kidnapped you and threw you on a boat along with twenty others.
1: Mm, yeah, there were seventeen others, there were twenty of us
2: in a boat that was not that large,
1: yeah, totally overloaded, yeah, uh, which is typical for the Philippines though <laughs> they <laughs> overload everything.
2: The boat ride lasted how long
1: all day long, sun up to sundown. And then they transferred us on to a fishing vessel that they had commandeered, which um, was bigger. But by the time you got 20 hostages and I think there were about 20 Abu Sayyaf and 10 or 20 fishermen, that vessel was overloaded too. And for the next three days, we were out across the ocean on that fishing vessel.
0: What did you and Martin talk about as... You were on the boat. I mean, you had to be kind of trying to figure out what's going to happen. How long is this going to go?
2: How do we get out of this?
1: You know, we weren't doing a whole lot of talking because we were trying to figure things out. We were trying to listen more than talk.
2: You said that on that boat, the hardest thing, however, were your three children. Yes. And the memory of what was being taken away from you at that point.
1: Yeah, right away. The words I'd spoken to my kids, we'll be gone for one week, came back to me, and I knew we weren't going to be gone for just one week. I knew it was, this was going to take a while, and I felt so bad for them. Uh, And I started praying for them. Mm
0: -hmm. And did you think that the ordeal would end, did it typically end with a ransom being paid? Is that what had happened with the Europeans? Yes,
1: yes. Uh, it always ended with a ransom being paid.
0: And so did you think that's what will happen? Somebody will come up with a ransom?
1: Well, when they were going around the hostages, talking to each one, asking them, you know, how much can your family pay for you? And um, they got to Martin and I, and they said, we will treat you differently. We will ask for political concessions for you, and we will deal with you last. (laughs) And I kind of wish now that we had just said, well, you give us the phone, and we'll try to get a ransom together. Mm -hmm. We knew that New Tribes Mission would not pay a ransom. We never expected that, because that would put all the missionaries in danger.
0: Yeah, I want to ask you about that, because after you got back, I know there was an article that appeared in Christianity Today. Oh, yes. And just because some folks may have read that, yeah. There was some concern that maybe your heart was that that new tribe should have paid a ransom. Yeah,
1: I don't know how that happened. We had a really great interview. But somehow what I meant to say never got communicated in Christianity today and that article really broke my heart because in that article, it basically said I had issues with New Tribes Mission, and if they had paid a ransom, Martin would still be alive, and Martin had died needlessly. Hmm. I never said those things. Hmm. That's not my heart, and um, the thing that bothered me most about the Christianity Today article is that I don't feel like God got any glory Hmm. from that article and if that doesn't happen, we wasted a year in the jungle. Mm-hmm. And that's what hurt me most, I think.
0: But so your heart was new tribes should not pay a ransom. No,
1: I I knew they wouldn't.
0: And and it's appropriate not to. It puts other missionaries in jeopardy, as yes. you said. And so if if they're not gonna do that, you're there at your own uh, peril.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, and we knew that. We understood that.
0: It, it's almost it's what you'd signed up for at one mm-hmm. level. Now, you never expected it would happen. It doesn't happen to most missionaries. But in the back of your mind, you always knew there's at least the possibility that we could be in danger.
1: Yeah, for and sure. And that was okay. Yeah, uh, that's part of the job. Mm-hmm.
2: You, uh, you landed on an island, mm-hmm. and that began really your jungle trek. I yes. mean, on I... and on and on. You mm-hmm. ran from... Uh, the Philippine Army, Yes. Um, explain to our listeners what the living conditions were like. I mean, it was as primitive as I've ever heard anyone describe it.
1: Well, we basically had the clothes on our back. We would walk all day trying to get to a safe area, quote-unquote safe. Now, most of the Abu Sayyaf guys had hammocks, and when it got time to rest or time for the night, they would put their hammocks up between trees for the first six months martin and i just slept on the jungle floor wherever we happened to be we didn't have possessions we didn't have soap we didn't have really anything
0: were you given time to bathe in a river to shampoo your hair there was no shampoo well
1: every once in a while they would let us Take a bath.
0: Is that a weekly um, bath that
2: maybe you go? Maybe
1: weekly, not usually weekly, every several weeks. I uh, remember once Martin went six weeks without a bath.
2: The The things you treasured were what I found interesting. I mean, a bar of soap, mm-hmm. a toothbrush. A
1: toothbrush, a brush for my hair, a, a comb. Those were wonderful things to have.
0: <laughs> and And were you wearing... The same pair of shorts, same T-shirt that you'd put on the night you were captured? How long did you wear that?
1: Well, pretty much. That's what I wore for weeks and weeks. I should explain that our clothes would come and go. You know, what you had on your body is what you had. And... We never knew when the guns were going to start blaring. You know, they had found us again, and we would start running. And when the bullets start whizzing...
2: And when you say they had found you again, we're talking again about the Filipino army. Yes. They were in pursuit of this terrorist group trying to catch them and and free you all.
1: Yes. And we never knew when another encounter, they called it, was going to start. And many times... We would lose everything in one of those gun battles because we weren't prepared every moment. And when there are bullets whizzing over your heads, you don't think, oh, I have to get my brush. I need to
2: pack now. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I need to get my brush and I need to get my clothes that are drying on the bushes. Um, So our belongings
2: would come and they would go. Many times Martin would sleep chained or tied to a tree.
1: He was always chained to a tree. They had handcuffs for him. And at night, they would put a chain through the handcuffs and chain him to a tree. But not you. Well, uh, for the first few weeks, we were both chained together to a tree. And then they saw that I wasn't going to go anywhere without Martin, and um, they quit chaining
0: me. I'm guessing that sleeping with handcuffs on chained to a tree is not your Your preferred method, not the most comfortable way to try and sleep, um
1: no, and neither is the jungle floor. You know we could always find the root if there was a root <laughs> on the ground, we would find it right where our ribs were. It's like we could never find a flat place. There was always something poking were, us.
2: were you covered with mosquito bites? Oh yeah, I think of the Phil- oh for sure, I think of the Philippines, mm-hmm. I mean, did they just buzz you all night long?
1: Yeah, they did. We had, for most of our time, what we called malongs. They're big, long pieces of material that have been sewn up the middle to make a tube.
2: Mm Kind of like a sleeping bag.
1: Kind of. Uh Just, you know, one ply, one piece of material. And that was our blanket. And we would just... Cover as much of us as we could with those malongs to keep the mosquitoes off, but it's also the tropics, and you just start sweating in there. Mm-hmm. You know, the sweat just starts dripping, so you can choose to have mosquitoes in your ears and all around you biting you, or you can choose to be sweaty and hot. Mm-hmm. So, and, it, and it
2: would rain too.
1: Ah, uh, yeah. Many times we you, walked and sat in the rain, and we would just be soggy till we drip dried.
0: Did, did your captors feed you?
1: They fed us when they had food. <laughs> um, there was never enough food. When we first started out, there were about 120 Abu Sayyaf, and that's a lot of people to feed. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of sacks of rice.
0: Mm-hmm. So you would go sometime days without anything to eat?
1: Yes. Yes, we would.
0: Gracia, there had to be, in the midst of this... Nights or days or times when you're physically exhausted, you're, you're starving, you're covered with mosquito bites, and you're crying out and going, Lord, I, I cannot survive this.
1: Mm, yes, I said that a lot. And the crying out, I cried a lot. And you know, the Abu Sayaf didn't even like to see that. Mm. They hated to see me sitting around crying, but I did it a lot.
2: <laughs> Were they cruel to you?
1: Well, I mean, um,
2: here we have a kidnapper, yeah. a group of kidnappers, but you're a woman. You would think even a terrorist group would would not be cruel to you, but they were.
1: Yeah, I don't know how you define cruelty. On on one hand, they were very kind and if they ate, we ate. But I remember like one instance, my reaction to the stress and the gun battles and just l- the living conditions was stomach trouble and diarrhea. You know, I always had problems. And one night I knew I was going to have to go into the forest in the night because I had diarrhea. And I told the guy as he was chaining me, Could I just be free tonight? I won't go anywhere. I'll be here in the morning. And they refused and they chained me anyway. And I had to go to the bathroom in the night. And I thought, what do I do? And I called my guard who had the key, who could let me free, and he wouldn't Mm. let me free. To me, that was cruel. You know, they could have let me go Mm. to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And I think it was cruel when they would shortchange us. You know, sometimes I would go to the fire when Martin was chained to get our bit of rice. And they would be getting a bowl of rice each, and we would get three fourths of a bowl of rice. To me, that was cruel. On the other hand, they were giving us something. Mm-hmm.
2: They didn't beat you.
1: No, no, this could be such a worse story than it is. They never beat me, they never molested me. Martin and I were always together. They didn't even, you know, really ridicule us. With their words, they would ridicule Christianity and stuff. But they, they didn't do that to us, and I'm thankful.
0: Their hope with you and with the other hostages was that someone would step forward and pay a ransom. Was that happening? Were there hostages being set free because ransoms were being paid?
1: Yes. One by one, the hostages were set free when their families came through. With a payment. And as time went on, we saw that these political concessions they wanted were not going to happen for us. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And um, it got to be where they wanted a ransom.
0: How soon was the earliest hostage set free? Was it a month into the ordeal? Do you remember?
1: No. uh, One couple was released like less than a week into our captivity. And then it took about another week for a couple more, and then another week for a couple more. And then so it was several months.
0: How but, long before it was just you and Martin?
1: Seven, six, seven months. But there didn't... Actually, it wasn't just me and Martin. It was me and Martin and Edibora Yap, a Filipina nurse that had been taken with us mm-hmm. till the end. Hmm.
2: Even in the midst of the cruelty, the suffering, there were moments of brilliant sunshine. And it came one day in the form of some letters from your children.
1: Yes. Four times during our captivity, mail came into camp in the jungle. How did that happen? I have no idea.
0: The Filipino government can't get in and rescue you, but they can get the mail but through. But mail did All come right.
1: through. That was so neat, and we always loved those letters, and we would read them over and
2: over and over. Well, I want you to read Jeff's letter okay, to you guys, because I want our listeners to hear this letter, yeah. and I want you to, to explain the conditions in which you were reading it.
1: Okay. Um, the night before, we'd been in a gun battle that had lasted all day. We'd kind of been trapped by the military in a field, and each way we would go— new gunfire would erupt, and then under the darkness of night, we snuck out of there and walked all night. And every time we were stopping for a rest, I would go to the bathroom. And I took my backpack off once to go to the bathroom, and when I came back, the line was starting to move already. So I just got in line behind Martin, oh, yeah. and then I realized I'd left my backpack behind. And I turned around to get it. I could see it. And there was a new guard with the group. And he pointed his weapon at me, and he said, no, you go. And I said, ah, my backpack, it's right there. And he wouldn't let me get it. I had just lost everything. You know, I had a sheet. I had toothpaste. I had some underwear. I had just lost everything. And I was heartbroken. And I said to Martin, oh, Martin, how can you ever forgive me? Mm -hmm. I've lost everything. And Martin said, I forgive you, and now you need to forgive yourself. Mm -hmm. And so that night, just the heaviness of having lost everything, the next morning we got to a Muslim village, and they cooked for us and carried off the wounded for us. And as we were sitting there, uh, like a backpack came into camp, with stuff for us, and inside were letters from our children. And every single thing that I had lost the day before was replaced.
2: Mm.
1: I I couldn't believe it. God just did that for me, and inside were letters from the kids. Jeff, he was 13 at this time. His letter reads, um, "Hey, my cool parents, we are having fun here with Grandma and Grandpa and all our cousins. Aunt Felicia took us to rent movies just now. It was great. I didn't really enjoy the movie we got, but that's okay. I just wanted to say hi, and that I'm looking forward to seeing you again. I'm praying for you, bye. Jeff, the cool one, in parentheses. (laughs) But, But the letter I love is Zachary's. Zach was 10. He said, Dear Mom and Dad, how are you? I am fine. We went to Walmart today. It is fun here. At Mega Mall, we bought two computer games. I will write you back. (laughs) Love, Zach. I will write you back. We laughed and laughed. We said, no, don't write us back. We're going to be out of here. Don't write us back.
2: I read those, and I I thought, how surreal that must have been to be in the jungle and be hearing about shopping at Walmart.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It gave us a little glimpse into our children's lives.
2: Video rentals and computer games. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. I love it.
0: Wow. Did it also, though not, tear your heart out?
1: Oh yeah. Yes, but
0: they're safe. But we
1: knew they were fine. That's and they good. knew life was normal for them.
2: But you still felt so good. Gotta get out of there. I know. Yeah. I mean a mother's heart at that point. That's what uh as I read your your story here, I, I I just again pictured Barbara and how her heart would want to be to be with my kids, Mm -hmm. to be with my children, to be a mom, to be a family again. And And yet that had been taken away from you. And to think again,
0: Dennis, that this wasn't something that happened because Martin and and Gracia were on a vacation, that they were in in service for Christ. This was the reason for the ordeal because they were faithful followers of Jesus Christ and and willing to even when they went to the field for the first time to say the world behind me <laughs> the cross before mm-hmm. me right you know no turning back
2: mm-hmm. and and I think it's at these points we need to reread what it means to be a disciple. Mm-hmm. Jesus said if they hated me they'll hate you and and if if you're a Christ follower mm-hmm. then you should expect Persecution. You should expect trials and difficulties. And yet, it's in these moments that the scripture comes back to remind us of the truth that uh, let not your heart be troubled. Uh, believe in God, believe also in me, Jesus said. I think about, Gracia, you reading uh, stories about Amy Carmichael
0: as mm-hmm. you were growing up. Yeah. And I think about the kids who are growing up today. They're going Ooh. to be
2: reading this story. Yeah. Mom and dad ought to oh. be reading it to them. How yeah. cool. What a yeah. good thought. And, oh, it's, it's, it's happening. Uh, I'm going to tell you it's going to happen because there needs to be another generation of missionaries. And uh, I believe, gracious, someday there'll be a young lady who will tell of reading your story oh. and having had God touch her life profoundly to give her the courage and the faith to step out. In fact, I don't believe there'll be one lady. I mm. believe there'll be many... Uh, men and women mm. who have uh, drunk deeply from mm. your life and Martin's mm. and your courage and your faith. And that's really what what we wanted to do here uh, today on Family Life Today, to so challenge families to uh, raise the next generation of missionaries. Mm. We have a shortage of missionaries around the world, and we have the greatest news that's ever been proclaimed. And if there's ever been a time when it needs to be proclaimed, it's today. Yeah. And I think we just need to be giving our children a vision and a heart for the Great Commission. Yeah,
0: and this is a book that can be a tool to help do that. In fact, this is a book that families may want to read together a chapter at a time uh, at the dinner table or on vacation this summer. The book is called In the Presence of My Enemies. And in the 10 years since all of this happened, Gracia's had the opportunity to uh, do a revised and updated version of the book that includes information about a trip back to the Philippines, a secret trip that's all in... The, the new version of the book, In the Presence of My Enemies. Go to familylifetoday.com if you'd like to request a copy. Uh, click the link in the upper left-hand corner of our website that says Go Deeper, and you'll see a copy of Gracia Burnham's book, In the Presence of My Enemies. Again, the website is familylifetoday.com. If you'd prefer to order the book by phone, our toll-free number is 1-800-FL-TODAY. 1-800-F-AS-IN-FAMILY. L as in life, and then the word today. That's one 6329 You know, I want to add a quick word here, where uh, I thank the folks who made today's program possible. Those of you who are supporters of the ministry of Family Life today, whether it's as legacy partners who give each month, or as folks who from time to time will make a donation in support of the work we're doing here at Family Life, we're grateful anytime you choose to invest in this ministry. Our goal is to provide practical, biblical help for your marriage and your family every day on this program, on our website, through the resources that we're creating here at Family Life, through the events we host. And we're joined in that mission by those of you who support this ministry and help cover the cost of, well, for example, producing and syndicating this daily radio program, keeping it on the air in your community. If you'd like to make a donation today in support of Family Life Today, you can go to our website, familylifetoday.com. Click the link in the upper right-hand corner of the screen that says, I care, make an online donation, or call 1-800-FL-TODAY to make your donation by phone. Or you can mail your donation to us at Family Life Today at Box 7111, Little Rock, Arkansas, and our zip code is 72223. Now, tomorrow, we're going to hear about the eventual rescue attempt that was made. After 12 months of captivity, there was an attack on the rebels, an attempt to free the hostages. And we'll hear that story from the perspective of one of those hostages, Gracia Burnham, on tomorrow's program. Hope you can join us for that. I want to thank our engineer today, Keith Lynch, along with our entire broadcast production team. On behalf of our host, Dennis Rainey, I'm Bob Lapine. We'll see you back next time for another edition of Family Life Today. Family Life Today is a production of Family Life of Little Rock, Arkansas. Help for today. Hope for tomorrow.